Welcome to Four Down Territory. As Stink and Mike take a look at the four biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Schlereth and Evans kicking it off with First Down. Man, Mark Schlereth just tossing out solutions during the break. Good morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Hope you had a, a fantastic weekend. What a fantastic comeback by the Nuggets last night. Down 15 midway through the second quarter. They quickly shook that off. Tied the game up at halftime, blew it open in the third quarter, cruised on home to a 119-103 win at Golden State, their seventh straight win over the Warriors. Michael Malone, how'd you do it? I felt for the first quarter and a half, they were the aggressor. They had us on our heels, and we were reacting to everything they did. And I think for us to close out 14-0, and then to start the third 14-4, I think we kind of flipped the switch and we became the aggressor on both ends and uh, stopped thinking and started playing with an attack mindset and an aggressive mindset. It's something that the Warriors have done to teams so often over their dynastic run. Just the idea of, yeah, you know, we we may not be into our game yet. You might be getting some uh, some momentum against us, but it's it's more about what we do. Mm. And as long as the Nuggets do what they need to do, take care of their own business. It, it truly is a case of they don't need to worry about what the other team is doing. Just take care of themselves. Play the way they yeah. play. And honestly, I don't know who could beat them in this league if they play like that. And, you know, it's, it, I, I love the attack mindset. And <clears throat> one of the things I always talk about in protection, like pass protection with teams that I, that I do stuff with is how do you take the passive out of pass protection? How do you how do you play and how do you create a an aggressive mindset when it comes to protecting quarterback? And I love that kind of thought process of let's not play, let's not be reactionary. Let's take the fight to them early, and let's make sure that we're the aggressor. And and I love that 14-0 to to close out the half, 14-4 to to start the half. And that's how you play with an aggressive mindset. A 28-4 run over that time on the road against a hungry Golden State team that's desperately trying to to turn their season around. And and you do it with with basically the snap of a finger. Incredible. Second down. Meanwhile, speaking of incredible, Nikola Jokic, another triple-double. In three games since the All-Star break, Jokic has three triple-doubles, 82 points, 50 rebounds, 45 assists. Now the first player in NBA history with 14 rebounds and 14 assists in three straight games. Even the opponents have to shake their head in amazement like Warriors coach Steve Kerr. Such a dominant force in in every way. He's so smart defensively and force deals. Uh, Anticipated a couple of passes that that he stole. the pass at the end to, to Gordon for the dunk, you know, but I think with two minutes left was, I mean, I was kind of right behind him. He didn't, even, he didn't even, I don't even think he saw him. He just knew he would be there. And uh, so Jokic controlled the game, 16 assists. Um, I'm willing to bet they, they don't lose much, if at all, when he gets 16 assists, because that means everybody else is going to. 
yeah, I don't, I don't think, I can't imagine they've ever lost a game in which Nikola Jokic has had that many assists. I'd love to do a deep dive into it, but I, I can't suspect that if there, if there are, you could probably count them on one hand. I could tell that was not an ESPN reporter who asked him that question. Because if it would have been, the follow-up would have been, yeah, but what about Tatum? <laughs> I, it was so funny listening to that broadcast yesterday on ESPN. Poor, I almost felt sorry for poor Mark Jones. You could almost hear the tears. Mm. You could almost hear the, the sobs that were catching in his throat as, as that game was being taken over by the Nuggets. I mean, you talk about somebody who is just like... <laughs> you want to talk about somebody who buys into the ESPN narrative of I got to watch my words here. Okay, I, I, well, about, well. about about you know, hey, pushing the the big markets and all that, right. and the Nuggets being an inconvenient distraction nuisance. There you Look go. Look at the title right there. Oh, I know, I know. Who's the more dangerous play-in tournament team, the Lakers or the Warriors? Come on, man. Halftime really? of the game yesterday, they're they're talking. It's all up through the prism of you know what do the Warriors need to do. Again, Michael Wilbon, another one who looked like he was just about ready to cry. Because they know. They know. The Stop De- it. Get some help. The Denver Nuggets have effectively closed the championship windows of both the Lakers and Warriors. Think about the, that the golden, for a second. The golden goose in the West has been, what do you do to goose? You, you pluck them? You know, when you cook a goose. Yeah. Right. You pluck them first, and then you I don't. Know, I don't know if I want to get yeah, into the uh, pluck a live goose. I don't want to get into the they uh, peck you to death. What you, they? what you do to a goose here to, to prep them? But uh, anyway, that's what the Nuggets are, are effectively doing to the Lakers and Warriors. Closing windows. They are closing windows. Third down. Honestly, when you have performances like the uh, Abs have given us recently, it's easy to wonder: Is there? championship window closing Jared Bednar. We went through that stretch where we didn't play well, right? So now the pressure's on to have a good segment. We're 3-4-1 and one coming into this segment. Now we're 3-5-1. and one. It's our worst segment of the of the year so far. So like that's the kind of heat that we're trying to put on our guys. So it's like every game's an important game. How much is a segment? Ten games? Ten game segments? I don't, I don't know. I'm asking you. I know in football they break it down into, well, you used to well, be used quarters. To be quarters now. Now it's tough with the 17 games and everything. Right. You do three quarters and then one fifth. But, uh, no, I think I think with the abs, you're looking at these 10-game segments, and I like what Jared Bednar came out and said, look, enough's enough. We're, we're, he said, you're seeing it around the league. He says, if you're, if you're paying attention to the overall league, they're starting, you're seeing the tightening up. Teams are starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel, and they're starting to think about the playoffs and what they need to be doing. And he's saying, we, we got a ways to go. Now, the good news is our Adrian Dater, one of our Avalanche insiders, came out and said that um, he got confirmation over the weekend. Val Nachuskin will be back. When he'll be back? Not exactly known for sure, but he said he will be back before the end of the uh, regular season. Oh, and so Val's kind of like the Terminator. And they need him. I'll be back. He'll be back. Good. I, I, win. You ready for this stat? Check yeah. this out. The Avalanche, uh, without Nathan McKinnon since 
the 2021-2022 season mm-hmm. are 19-6-3. Okay? Yeah. Not bad. Without Nathan McKinnon. Trade him. Since the 2022-2023 season, the Avs without Kale McCarr, 19-6-2. Without McKinnon, without McCarr, well, well, well above 500. Okay. The Avalanche... Since the start of the 2022-2023 season, without Val Nachuskin, 21-24-3. Well above 500 without McKinnon and McCarr. Below 500 without Val. What does it tell you? <laughs> they got to get Val back. And Val needs to come back. He needs to get back to playing the level he was before he left. And he needs to... Send a clear message to uh, to all involved that he's going to be reliable throughout the playoffs. I hope. I hope. I know. It's a big ask. He is like think about the value of Val and the unreliability of the guy. It's just not. It's it's a bad mixture. Coming up, that'll do it for uh, four down territory. Coming up, Mark is being accused. Of being a hypocrite and a Sean Payton apologist. Mark will uh, defend himself if he can. Next. Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto-pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Denver Sports Station 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. It's about winning. Over the next five years, I want to win two. I want to feel the thrill of that trophy again. You know, I, I love the city and everything else, but you know, you also want to be a place that, that wants you too. So, the thing that I, I, I want to do is, is win. That's all, that's all I care about. Wants to win two more, preferably here in Denver. Talking to Brandon Marshall, the former Bronco wide receiver, on his I Am Athlete podcast, wants to feel feel the chill of the trophy. Well, you've never held the trophy, have you? No, that's... Is it, is it chilly? They, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't hold it. Do they keep it They keep it in a freezer during the game? What, what's what? I, I never... The chill of the trophy? Does it feel kind of chill? Does it make you get a chill down your spine? I don't I know. I told you. I didn't, I didn't hold never, on to it. You've never held on... You've won three of them. You've never held on to the trophy? What no. about, like, at a party afterwards? Did you, like, hold it? No. Take a picture with it? Kiss it? Any of that no. kind of stuff? No. No? You don't get caught up in the... The baubles of... Winning championships? Uh, no. What, if you were a hockey player and they're passing the cup around, you're like, eh, no thanks. Cup's different, I think. Is it? Yeah, I think it's a little different. There's not the same feel of hoisting the Lombardi trophy? Not everybody wants to get a a touch, a taste? I'm sure everybody wants to. I I mean, but you know, when you're an offensive lineman, you just kind of charge back to the locker room. (laughs) Did my job. You know, Thank God we didn't lose. Yeah. Yeah. Let Stop everybody, the cap. Thank God I didn't embarrass myself with a holding call in front of the whole world. Yeah. Let everybody else trot around with the... Time to go eat. Right. It's 
That's basically it. <laughs> uh, so Russ, talking to Brandon Marshall, says he uh, wants to win two more championships in the next five years. Said he'd like to do it here in Denver. Didn't he want to win four when he came here? He did. He put it on his shoes. Four. So now it's down to two? Baby steps. These last two years were humbling. Oh, fourth was from coming? Because they'd won three? Oh. Johnny well, says the fourth Well, he did say the plan was to win multiple su- Super Bowls here. So he's still staying with the multiple Super Bowl thing. Okay, great. But it's not going to happen here in all likelihood. But uh, in we got into this debate last hour. Uh, did does, does Russ owe Sean Payton anything? That Russ is in a position where there, there seem to be plenty of suitors for him. And you said, or Texter said, Schlereth is losing his credibility with his anti-Russell Wilson confirmation bias. Ha, Wilson needed to make the line and running backs do their jobs better. Give me a break. Wilson takes, see, this is your lack of knowledge, Texter. If you break down the number of sacks the Broncos gave up this year, what was it, close to 50? Somewhere in there? Yes. I guarantee you 20 of the 50 were Russ's fault. He got tagged with the credit of those things. So let me ask you something. When you're throwing a three-step drop concept and it's open and you choose not to throw it and then you bail out to the left and Garrett Bowles gives up a sack, is that your offensive line that sucks or your quarterback that sucks? Because he's taking a three-step drop. You're taking a a three-step set. You're trying to force him up the field. You force him up the field and Russ runs into a sack. Oh, now Garrett Bowles stinks. Stop. You don't know what you're looking at. You have no idea what you're talking about. My confirmation bias. Dude, you don't know. You have no clue. And all I'm trying to do is give you the truth. Now, if you don't want to hear it, right, because you're such a rusty, you can't get out of your own way, that's your fault. I don't, I'm not responsible for that. I'm not. That's your responsibility. If you'd like to get educated, I'm more than happy to educate you on what goes on. But if you're unwilling to listen, that, that, that I, there's nothing I can do about that. You, you've done a, a number of Sean Payton Saints games over the years. You've you've talked to him. You've you've studied his uh, his game film. Heck, he had you down to New Orleans to do a two or three day uh, offensive line, you know, breakdown with with him and his coaches. Right? Correct. So. You've seen a lot of Sean Payton's offense. Simple question. Did Sean Payton run his offense this season, or did he move away from it and coach more to what we saw from Russell Wilson in Seattle? Based And by the way, you've right. seen plenty of Russell Wilson in Seattle games. So when you, when you looked at the Broncos' offense this year, did you see more Sean in New Orleans or more Russ in Seattle? Simple question. More Russ in Seattle. A lot of things that that Sean hangs his hat on, a lot of concepts that Sean hangs his hat on, they did not run. Why? Ask yourself why. I talked to Drew Brees about this just two weeks ago at the Super Bowl. Why? We talked about 
individual concepts. I'm not going to bore you with the concepts we talked about. Not part of the offense. Were a part of the offense for 15 years. Hung their hat on these concepts for 15 years. Ran these concepts for 15 years. Had great success with these concepts for 15 years. Why did they quit running them? Because the quarterback that operated behind center this year could not run those concepts. So that you're telling me that he did nothing to help Russ? You're telling me he didn't change his offense? You're telling me that Sean Payton is just a thug and he purposely derailed Russ's career? Then what happened the year before? When they were letting Russ cook, how did that look? Texter says, wow, sounds like Mark is triggered. You're definitely irritated. I can tell that, I can tell when you get irritated, when you're genuinely irritated. You're, th- this topic irritates you. Right. Another texter, I love listening to you guys, but both of you are absolutely Sean Payton blowhards. Well, I, 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 this has come down to a whose side are you on thing. But when you look, when you get a divorce like this that's coming, you got to pick sides, right? You with mommy or daddy, right? You're you got to pick a side if you're a Bronco fan. When you look at this divorce and you're you're pinning the blame on somebody, this is not an amicable divorce. This mm. is the most important relationship in in all of sports: the offensive play caller and the quarterback. And this is a divorce. This is nasty. This is bitter. This is messy. So you got to pick a side. So whose side are you on? Are you on Sean's side or are you on Russ's side? I'm on Sean's side. I, I think we've all gotten a pretty good idea about what it what it looks like to to play winning quarterback in this league. Heck, we've seen it in our own with our own eyes here winning Super Bowls. I think we have a pretty good idea about what wins at the quarterback position. Me personally, I don't think Russ Russ's style wins. Certainly not as he moves deeper into his thirties. So, yeah, I got to choose. You all got to choose. I choose Sean. If you want to choose Russ, go ahead. Go back and look at every big play, every big Cortland Sutton touchdown, the one in Buffalo that was one of the best catches of the year. What do they all come off of, Mike? Broken place. Broken place. Now, if you want to walk into the huddle and say broken play on two, broken play on two, Russ is your quarterback. Ain't nobody better. But just understand that you're going to put yourself in harm's way so often that I don't believe that Russ has enough big plays in him, off-schedule broken plays, to overcome the bad that's going to happen in those games and therefore, you're not going to be very good. Coming up, what's trending? A Hall of Fame basketball coach absolutely loves watching Nikola Jokic. You'll hear what he has to say. And check in on the uh, local college basketball scene. Where are CU and CSU when it comes to March Madness, the bubbles? We'll hear from uh, CU coach Tad Boyle and Chris Fowler giving us some insight into what the new EA college sports, college football game is going to look like. That's all coming up next. Here's Schlereth and Evans with What's Trending right now.
Not only did the Nuggets beat the Warriors last night by 16, wiping out a 15-point deficit along the way, but they've now won seven in a row over Golden State. So there's something about the matchup that's allowing Michael Malone's team to dominate the Warriors. What is it? I'm going to play it here in a second. If you let Steph and Clay and uh, Pajamski and all those other guys get going from three, that game can get away from you in a hurry. So we do some different things to try to eliminate that. Our guys have bought in. We beat them four times this year. That's great. But, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can still clean up. Well, they definitely have the formula uh, because this is the first time in the Steve Kerr, Steph Curry era together that They've been swept four straight in a season series. Now, Brian Windhorst would say it's the most impressive uh, four-game sweep ever. Right. But it's still a four-game sweep, and it's still historic. It is pretty incredible, right? There are those teams that you play against, Mike, as a player where they just have your number or you just have their number, and there's nothing better. To know, regardless of how they play, I am so confident in us as a team that we're going to find a way to beat them. There is just dominance. It's awesome. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago that if the Nuggets are down 15 to Golden State, that becomes a 30-point loss. Right. But not only do they... Not only does the matchup, the physical matchup now match or favor the Nuggets, and Steve Kerr after the game was saying, we just we just don't have an answer for their size. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when, when Jokic and, and Aaron Gordon are out there, we, we just don't have an answer. Right. And, but it's, it's the mental part of it now. The mental part of it is flipped. You know, it's that, it's when, you know, it's when, it's when all you dads out there and you're able to beat your son. Mm-hmm. At, at one-on-one basketball or something, and you got that mental, you got that mental advantage. You got that mental advantage, even though maybe you're starting to, you know, lose a step physically. But once they figure it out, and then they look at you, and they got that little grin on their face, mm-hmm. and they know, and you know, you can't beat them anymore. I've never experienced that. Oh, but yeah. okay, all right. I should have known. I should have known. I mean, the average human probably experiences that. The av- Yes, us mere mortals. Right. That's what we have to deal with. Rick Adelman is a Hall of Fame basketball coach who was uh, in Portland, his home, watching the Nuggets game on uh, uh, Friday. And during the broadcast, he was uh, interviewed by the Portland announcers and just raved about Nikola Jokic. He makes the game enjoyable for me to watch and the way he plays and the way he conducts himself, I think uh, it's just real tribute. I've never seen a guy pass the ball the way he passes the ball. I don't care if it's a guard, forwards, center. He, he's just unbelievable. Mm. Think about this. This is a guy who was in the NBA. Let's see. He started becoming a head coach in 1988. Coached in this league through 2014. Over 18, almost 1,800 NBA games. Just regular season. Right. And he's saying, I've never seen a guy, a player, not a big man, not a big man. Right. Never seen a player. Guard, the ball anybody like else. Did he coach, was it Arvita Sabonis? Was yeah, he, I was think in Portland. so. Or Yeah, was that before? I'd have to go back and look, but I yeah. think so. 
But the, come on, this is the guy that coached during the time of Magic. Yeah. During the time of Bird. He coached during all During the those. time of Stockton. During the time of White Chocolate. I mean, all these guys. Yeah. He did. He was, I mean, he had all those really good Portland teams too, right? Yeah. And Adelman strikes me as the guy who's not going to be blowing bubbles at a it's guy. Not, just not you know, hyperbole. Because of, you know, recency box, yeah. that kind of thing. College basketball over the weekend. Big win for uh, CU as they blow out Utah. Start of a crucial three-game set for Tad Boyle's buffs, although he's not concerned with uh, looking at March Madness projections. The schedule, I think, favors us down the stretch, but no game's going to be easy. And uh, so it's all about trying to win on Wednesday. That's all we got to worry about. Not that other stuff. That's for you guys. Waiting for Joe Lenardi to drop his uh, newest bracketology. Come on, Joe, let's go. Big weekend of uh, college hoops. I want to know where everyone stands. CSU losing a uh, heartbreaker on the road at UNLV. Still feels like CSU is in. CU is on the bubble. But this is this is a home stretch of games right now. You you take care of business. Probably play yourself off the bubble and into the tournament. By the way, the other big college basketball discussion. Maybe let, let's hold this. I want to get to this, though. Where are you on the whole court storming thing? Because we had another high-profile player get run over slash instigate <laughs> The contact that uh, has led to all kinds of conversation and talk that storming the court needs to be banned. No. I want to get your thoughts on that. We'll, right. we'll get back all into right. that a little bit more here coming up. But first, so EA Sports College Football is coming back, right? A lot of anticipation about it. Incredible the amount of work that needs to go into it. Chris Fowler, Colorado's own, CU's own Chris Fowler is going to be one of the voices of uh, EA Sports College football. Uh So now that the news is out, he took people behind the scenes in his his home studio. And he says he's been working on all this stuff for for two years. And he uh, talked about how all the different scenarios you have to account for. Bunch of stuff you'd never see in a real game. I've described. You want to punt on second down, uh, try a 71-yard field goal, that's in the game, too, along with the appropriate analysis of those decisions. Your quarterback throws five picks in the first quarter or five touchdowns. We got you covered there, too, in detail. Every scenario. How many times have you played, whatever the game may be, football, basketball, and how they seem to have running commentary for every single moment that occurs? I, I can't imagine what goes into thinking up all the different scenarios that they have to prepare for and voice. I did that for the Madden game for a while. Did you? Yeah, I did. Like there were certain features on it mm-hmm. where you know, and you're an analyst on those features, and so you go into studio and record just a bunch of lines that they have written out for you, and so you'll you'll sit in two hours and just record lines. But you got to bring. The same yeah, energy, energy, the you same get, yeah. inflection over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Fowler was saying you got to, he had to do basically touchdown for all the Division One teams out sure. there. Sure. Every single one. 130, whatever. Right? Everyone. 
That's right. Touchdown, Alabama. Touchdown, Vandals. Right? Are they a Division One program? Yeah. Or are they kind of a... That's big sit time. at the kids' table. That's division a big one time. Team. I think they're division more of a sit, one. I think they're kind of a sit at the kids' table. Big division time one division one team, right? Here, listen, we're having a division one party, but you gotta, you guys go sit over there at the kids' table. That's I know. That's all right. Don't want to get mix it up in a track meet. Syracuse doesn't want to come to Idaho. Get sent back to the Cuse. Bloody. Football is going to be pretty good next year. No, they're actually, not. yeah, no, they they're not. Yeah, I think they are. They are not. Yeah, I think they are. Youth football is not good uh, any year. I think they're coming back. That'll do it uh, for what is a trending. Bring that to you each and every morning at uh, seven thirty. Yeah, let's jump into this uh, idea of the the court storming or the field storming. Is it something that needs to go bye bye? That's next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station one zero four three. The Fan. Got to read this text on the Ramoslaw.com text line 303-713-1043 DenverSports.com front page coming up at 8 uh, Guys, while I enjoyed the Chris Fowler story I'll add him being one of the voices for EA Sports College Football coming yeah. out he says, guys, why uh, I enjoyed it. I work hard for a living and have some ambitions. Not all of us can sit around and have a fulfilling life playing video games like Paxton Lynch. <laughs> That's a good point. You know Paxton's looking forward to the release. I wonder if they'll have like a Legends section and he can find himself there. Is Memphis Division? Yes, Memphis is Division One. Are you sure? Yeah, they don't set the uh, little kids' table like like Syracuse Division One or <laughs> like yes, it is like it's like CSU Division One. Okay, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, yeah. You're 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 at the par- you're at the party, but are you really at the big boy table? Not really, not really. Not yeah. really. That's why yeah. I see you, see you, man. That was that was that was shrewd. Getting into the Big Twelve, shrewd. Oh, at least for now, still got to see at the big boy table, right? I don't know. It feels like it's trending towards just going to be SEC and Big Ten, and you better find a way to be aligned with one of those two. But uh, at least for now, at least for the Big Twelve is still it's pretty solid. Yeah, it's it's still on solid footing. Yeah, right for now. For now. As long as Oklahoma, right? Well, no. Did Oklahoma leave? They're leaving. Where are they going? SEC? Uh, they're going SEC, right? Texas, Oklahoma, SEC? I, it, it Honestly, it's so hard to keep up with all this Gosh. realignment. You're right. It does feel like the big two. It's heading there. It's heading that way. Yeah, it is. It's heading that way. Absolutely. Where are you on the whole court storming thing? So it's... Uh, it's it's become a big thing. Caitlin Clark mm-hmm. got uh, run over. Yeah. Right, hold on, hold on, hold right. on, hold on. Let me let me set it up before you start eye rolling. So you had Caitlin Clark getting uh, bumped involved into. in a fracas. Bumped into. Okay, whatever. And then over the weekend, a dookie, uh, Kyle Filipowski, 
was injured and had to be carried off the floor mm-hmm. by his teammates after the uh, court storming at Wake Forest. It has led to a debate. I want to know where you come down. Should court storming, or I guess field storming as well after big big football wins, should it be banned? Should it be banned? Should it be banned? No. Should be allowed to go out there and celebrate. But if you go out there, you go out at your own risk. That means if you run by a player and that player feels threatened, he can cold cock you right there on the ground. Mm-hmm. He can knock you out. Mm-hmm. Throwing elbows, haymakers, whatever he wants Give to you do. Give you a shove, right? I'm talking about punching you in the face oh, well, or yeah, elbowing yeah. in the face. I don't know about that, but okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, absolutely. You should be able, if you feel threatened, you should be able to cold cock a dude and keep walking and keep going. Because I guarantee it? you what, the seas will part when some big six foot nine, 260 pound center, 6'10", starts cold cocking dudes. You know what? There'll be a little bit less rushing the court in those situations. They have been rushing courts and rushing fields for decades. Decades. Mm-hmm. And and so suddenly now it's what? Gotten rougher? College kids, fans have spilled out and, and come running, by the way. It's not like they just come, you know, in a nice leisurely jog mm-hmm. that you, everybody can see everybody. I mean, they come, they storm. It's, it, there's a reason why they call it storming the court. They right. storm. Yeah. It's a storm. Yes. When I think of a storm, I think of a storm. Mm-hmm. They're storming. Yeah. They're not, you know, leisurely oh, approaching the field. Like a hailstorm. It, it, it's, they're storming. Yeah. So there's, a, there's a, a high level of speed and aggression going on. So is it just is this just a fluke? It's just an unfortunate couple of circumstances, but it's by no mean. I, I mean, I don't know. Is is are there untold stories of athletes being injured in these court and field stormings that we haven't been aware of until now because it was a couple of high profile players? Have people been getting hurt forever? And if that's the case, I, should it go away? Did Caitlin Clark get hurt? No, she didn't get hurt. She was dramatic. Oh, this dude. If you look at the, if you oh, slow it down, he he not only stuck out a foot, mm-hmm. but also that shoved a shoved a fan. That's why he should be. He should have just cold cocked somebody. I wouldn't have any problem with that at all. In fairness, remember, remember when Legarrette Blunt? Now this was player on player crime, but Legarrette Blunt was playing at Oregon. And that Boise State guy came to a typical Boise State guy. Comes running up to him talking crap. Probably played three games. He probably played on PAT field goal. That was it. Some defensive lineman. And LeGarrette Blunt just cold cocked him. Do you remember that? Yeah. It was awesome. It was just incredible. Of course, I got on ESPN and I acted like it was atrocious. I can't <laughs> believe that this actually went down. There's no room for this in our game. <laughs> Deep down inside, I was like, that's such a Boise State thing to do. <laughs> and then you're whack. <laughs> I loved every second. As a matter of fact, when I met LeGarrette Blunt, I was like, it's a great one of the greatest moments of my TV career right there. Of course, I acted like uh-huh. you know, it was terrible, but deep down inside, it made me really happy. I do have some sympathy. I, I know that Caitlin Clark and Al Filipowski have, have come under some scrutiny for embellishing, but 
if you look at it in real time and you look at the speed with which the court gets stormed, mm-hmm. it happens pretty fast. So the idea that we're going to slow it down frame by frame, slow motion and say, oh, look at Caitlin Clark. It looks like she, you know, initiated the contact or, or fill it. It happens fast. I have a certain amount of uh, defense of the of the of the players in that situation. To, to make it sound like they were instigating it or being overly dramatic, uh, this thing happens fast. Are the players soft? Are the players soft? Yes, they are. They're soft. Oh, I'm so like. You can't take away the the only the only issue I do have with the whole rushing the court, rushing the field thing. That it has to be special. That that's what I don't like. It seems now you, that should you pass out a pamphlet of what would constitute special? Well, to me, a major upset. A where Wake, Wake Forest beaten number eight Duke. Is that is that like Wake Forest has been a big time pro? Go all the way, Tim Duncan. Like they've been a big time program. Yeah, it, it's in the number eight over eight seed over eight eight in the country. Duke? Yeah. It'd be like CU football when CU football was was really down. You, you beat Oregon State and you, you rush the field. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Act like yeah. you've been there. there. There is an element that, that does bug me about the whole court and field storming of it, it should be really, really special. Right. And it seems to me that it's become a little bit more run of the mill. Like, hey, hey, we just won. Let's rush the field. Right. Right. You, it, it needs to be. But I don't want to. I don't want to get rid of the tradition. I I think it's an awesome tradition. I am serious. I did it when it. I was at the Q's. Right. I, I I it was an awesome moment to be part of. It was a huge part of my college experience. I think anybody who's had a chance to do it while being a a student at their school, it's it's awesome. It's a fun thing. But it it needs to be special. And I do feel in this case it it has gotten watered down. I am serious about being able to punch people. What do you think of that? Ah, uh, punch. No, but it, if you want, why wanna, not? No, no punching. I want to pound his ass. <laughs> why, seriously? But a good shove. I don't mind a good shove. If if I if I get in your face, if you want to give me a shove, if the athletes start coming not into punch, your punch though. Let's say they start coming into your lab, and you're working with chemicals in lab, <laughs> and they come rushing in there and getting in your face and all that. I don't recall ever rushing the science lab when I was at the Q's. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know? if you're rushing the science lab and you're some nerd doing throw, a science experience, throw, uh, you know. Yeah, chemicals in your face. <laughs> that would be like, okay with me. I'd be like, yeah, okay, uh, that, that makes sense to me. Or if you're rushing my pa- pottery class. Right, saying, right, I'm, right. I'm on my wheel. Yeah. You know, trying to level out my piece of clay, right? Make sure that before it's, it goes in the kiln. Yes, make sure that it is just <laughs> totally stable. I've got my wheel, it's just perfect. And then you ruin a beautiful piece of pottery I've been working on, and we're gonna throw it down on the Rommelslaw.com text line. That's what's wrong with this generation of athletes. They've watched La Flop, and now they're acting like they're hero. La Flop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got on the Rumblesaw.com text line. Amen, Mike. Wake Forest was favored in that game. That's a great point. Wake Forest was favored. Really? In that game. They were they were two and a half point favorite. Oh. So if you're a favorite, 
You can't rush the court. No. 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 No, 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 no. That's a great point. That's That's a a great point. Again, it goes down to the the problem is there's not enough consequences. (laughs) So you're saying that if all of a sudden basketball players and football players were just cold-cocking students, that would send the message? Sure. I don't know what you do. So uh, there have been some ideas that, well, you know, once the the game is over, you know, have everybody quickly go back to their beds. You can't if it's if it's in the immediate buzzer beating type moment that here they come. It happens so fast. I don't know how you quickly get the players out of harm's way. You don't. You just let them stand there and drop folks. (laughs) Um, These are easy solutions. I don't understand why. We have a difficult wow. time coming up with solutions. I, I honestly, I, I'm not gonna tell you that I wouldn't like to see it, right? But boy, the pearl clutchers would have a problem with that one. You just come out before the game, go. There are consequences. Hey, listen. Okay, so let everyone know. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, make an announcement. At, public address announcement. Right, comes Roach out. would come on. Right. Roach would come on and go. Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> If you're thinking about rushing to court, the players have been advised. If they feel threatened in any way, shape, or form, they can cold cock your ass right here on the court. <laughs> That's a good call. I like it. Without consequence. Without consequence. By the way, uh, for all the whining, I guess what adds a little element to this, it's it's Duke, right? It's Duke. It is. Right? So, yeah. you know, talk about having a hard time summing up a whole lot of Sympathy, like it's, I guarantee you, that dude that limped off. What was dude, his name? Filipowski. Filipowski. I, I. When's their next game? He'll play. Uh, so soft. when Duke knocked off Clemson this year, don't football, tell me that they they ran they rushed the field. Oh, the well, yeah, but Duke football exactly that qualifies. Right, Duke football is like. That is not. It's one of those at the little kids' table, Division One. Right. They storm on the text line. They stormed the courts and were favorites. Losers. Yeah. Uh hold on, Evans. You were fine when the Buffs stormed the field when they beat Nebraska last year. There's an element to that rivalry that I I get it. I'm still not, I still wasn't a huge fan of it because CU was uh, CU was favored in that game, right? Was CU favored in that Nebraska game? I don't know. Can you look that up, Johnny? I know they weren't favored. I think they were an underdog at the beginning before the season came out. Were they favored that week though? Because if they were an underdog, then okay, I'm all right with it. You beat Nebraska as an underdog. Uh, another one on the Ramoslaw.com text line. These players are more dramatic than LeBron. Toughen up players. It's college sports. <laughs> but if a player, if, if you're a fan and of a of Duke and you're one of your best players gets hurt or you're Kate, you're an Iowa fan and your Caitlin Clark gets hurt. Mm-hmm. I can see why you'd look at it a little differently. Hold up. Dude, you just CU was favored, by the way, in that game. So you, you shouldn't be fresh. No, yeah. you shouldn't. I, then I take that back. See, you should not have rushed the field after beating Nebraska. You're if fair. you hunker down and the kids come running right at you and they're going to run into you, elbow to the chin, knock him in. Well, if you go back, Goob, in the in the 
spirit of this conversation, go back. There's a great uh, old footage of a um, New York Yankees game, mm-hmm. uh, like a World Series game or, or, or a playoff game, ALCS or something like that. And uh, Reggie Jackson hits a oh, yeah, dramatic this. game-winning homer, and he right. says he's running around the bases. People are on the field. Right. And he runs right over somebody. Yeah. Just like he looked like a, a you know, like a linebacker. He's yeah. just like running through people and he's just Yeah, knocking guys down. Yeah. So hey. Mike Curtis. You want to come on the field? Sure. Mike Curtis, linebacker for the Baltimore Colts back in the day. Somebody came on the field, you know, not a streaker, but somebody just came on the field. And Mike Curtis cold cocked him right there. And I remember uh what was the guy? Was it Bill Curry, the former coach, played for the Colts back then? Yes, and a Bill, longtime coach at yeah, uh, long Kentucky, time. I think. Yeah. But Bill said, "Hey, man, that like that wasn't necessary." And and Mike Curtis, real intense dude, said he was breaking a like public. He's breaking a law, and I enforced. Like I enforced, I was a lawkeeper. Hell yeah! Yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. You come on to the field. You come on to the field to play where you don't belong, and you know you you suffer whatever consequences you suffer. You've you've given up your right to be protected. Yeah, I don't have any. Yeah. I, I have no There's issues. Yeah, I yeah. Have no you want to go out there? You want to go in the arena? Right. You've given up your right. Sure. Yeah, a lot of people bringing up all the examples of uh, CU storming the field after beating CSU. Yeah, it. But I'm not. I'm not just pointing this on CU. It's become kind of, especially in college football. I think it's become a real issue where you've got fans rushing fields after wins that are like, "Come on, come on, come on!" You're rushing the field for that. Mm-hmm. It should be. I don't want it to go away. I think it's a great tradition. I don't want it to go away, but I do believe it's gotten watered down. Yeah. We have too many. Uh, field and court rushing incidents that just the, the win does not justify it. It's not warranted. 